We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. Wave goodbye. Now it seems years. I'm back in the city. The X-Zone Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. We're right here live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network the Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Just a quick uh, bit of business before I get to my first guest tonight. And we're going to have a great first hour. We're going to be talking about the Knights Templar. Um, the April edition of the X Chronicles newspaper will be released tomorrow. So if you're on our list, you get it, no problems. However, if you'd like to get a copy of the X Chronicles newspaper, no charge. We'll send it right to you. Well, actually, what we do is we send you a link. 
and you can read it online or you can download it however you want to uh, enjoy yourself or however you want to entertain yourself. All you have to do is send an email to me, yours truly, Rob McConnell. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. That's xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. It's a great addition, and uh, as they always are, I'm kind of biased since I publish it, but we've already, uh, some members of the media have already received their their pre-copy, and uh, we're getting a heck of a lot of positive feedback. So once again, if you'd like to get your copy of the X Chronicles newspaper, Send me an email, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. And for the latest news of in the Paragators TV series, www.paragators.org. My first guest tonight is Eugene Stovall. And we're going to be talking about his new book, which is entitled The Indomian Covenant. Now, did... They really guard the Holy Grail. I'm talking about the Knights Templar, of course. And thanks to best-selling books such as Dan's Brown, The Da Vinci Code, and film blockbusters like Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, uh, in which they are depicted as heroic guardians of the Holy Grail, the Knights Templar of the Middle Ages have long captivated the public's imagination. Now, the Knights Templar were a Christian military order formed in the 12th century partly to help defend the Holy Land from the Muslim conquest, or so it has long been accepted by scholars. Well, my guest this hour is author and historian Dr. Eugene Stovall believes, however, that there is no evidence to support the possibility that the Knights Templar existed much earlier than is is popularly believed. In fact, he says the Knights may have been active as early as the first century A.D., at the time of the first Jewish-Roman War and the fall of the Temple in Jerusalem. It's going to be a great hour, Exonation. Dr. Eugene Stovall is my very special guest, and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. After all, this is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. But please, dare not lie, or else you'll... Well, you just won't be there when we come back from a commercial, that like it's happened with so many other people. Am I proud of that? Mm, yes, I am. Because we don't want anyone to take advantage of you, the Exxon Nation. That's what it's all about. Dare to believe, dare to be heard. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we start for tonight, Thursday, April the 22nd, in the year 2010, here in the Exxon. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price.
has a thousand eyes. All right, so if the knight has a thousand eyes, that means there's 500 knight templars there, right, guys? Yeah, the math works, huh? My guest this hour is Dr. Eugene Stovall. We're going to be talking about his new book that has uh, come out. The, it's called The Edumian Covenant. And uh, Dr. Stovall, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us, Eugene. Thank you very much, Rob. I'm delighted to be here and with your audience. Congratulations on another great book. Thank you. Can you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself and what your interest is in the Knights Templar? Sure. I uh, have... Uh, received a Ph.D. in political theory from UC Berkeley, the political science department. Mm -hmm. And I taught at St. Mary's College in what was called the Collegiate Seminar. And and what I taught, in addition to some of the other courses, were uh, Greek and Roman and Christian medieval thought, uh, Renaissance thought, and uh, I dealt with a lot of political theory and Mm -hmm. philosophers. And my... Uh, interest in the Knights Templar actually began with the book Holy Blood and Holy Grail, and I had was just fascinated by that uh, treatment of the Knights Templar and, and the uh, whole, the notion of the Holy Grail not being a cup but a bloodline. And I have also been involved in reading about the Freemasons and how the Freemasons developed uh, here in this country. And, of course, there's this connection between the Freemasons and the, and the Knights Templar, particularly now with the new revelations about the possibility of the Knights Templar having been here as early as the 1300s. That certainly is exciting. Yes, and my uh, uh, mentor, you might say, although I never met him, is Frank Yerby. He was a uh, brilliant writer, and one of the books that he wrote was a book called Judas, My Brother. And it doesn't seem as though it might this would be a connection, but this was how I uh, really saw the connections between the Knights Templar supposedly uh, formed in the 10th century and their uh, antecedents that probably occurred way back at the time of the fall of the temple. Were the Knights Templar as popular, let's say, 20, 30 years ago as they are today with all the interest in uh, the Da Vinci Code um, and, uh, let's see, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusader? Well, the Knights Templar uh, are one of many what we call secret societies. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, a lot of myths is surrounds uh, these secret societies and what the myths and the truth are has been the subject of speculation of, by many many different people from different perspectives not only from the uh, regular academics but from those who are more uh, right in a more popular vein the idea of the knights templar or even the freemasons and other secret societies uh captured the imagination because there's many of us who believe that they are in some way responsible for the kinds of things that are happening today on a worldwide level. So I think that the popularity of the Knights Templar mm-hmm. have, have, have been fueled by the events that we're going through now. So tell me, uh, so tell me Dr. Stoville, who whose idea was it to 
put the Knights Templar together, and what was their mandate? Well, that's, that's I think, uh, the problematic. That's really where I'm coming from a completely different perspective mm-hmm. than is normal. The, the normal uh, history of the Knights Templar are that uh, right after the Pope had called for the First Crusade in, the, in about 1099, uh, the First Crusade, the Christian Crusade, uh, uh, allowed the Pope to take control of Jerusalem. And uh, there was a king of Jerusalem, a Christian king that was set up to rule Jerusalem. Now, it is said that this Christian king received a a band of knights, nine knights, Mm -hmm. who said that they were sent uh, to Jerusalem by the Pope to defend Christians who might want to uh, go to the various holy places. And so this king of Jerusalem gave these knights a place to stay in the royal palace there in Jerusalem. However, the knights did not defend any Christians going to the uh, holy shrines. What they did for the next nine years was to dig in the uh, ruins of the temple that was destroyed. It was called Herod's temple, the one that was destroyed by the Romans. But there was Solomon's temple that Herod's temple was built on top of, and they were going into these ruins as well. And after some nine years, it was rumored that these knights found this fabulous treasure, left Jerusalem, and then uh, became so uh, powerful as a result of this treasure that the Pope uh, made them his own special uh, order and sent Bernard all over Christendom announcing that the Knights Templar was a place that young nobles should should go if they wanted adventure and to uh, make their fortune. So very quickly after the Knights Templar found this treasure, according to legend, uh, they became the most powerful uh, military order of the day. And not only were they a powerful military order, they initiated what is can be described as the international banking system. And it was this uh, ability for them to move monies over great distances hmm. very safely that gave the Knights Templar not only their, their military power, but economic power as well. This is starting to sound like there's a connection between the Knights Templar and what a lot of people today are calling the New World Order. Uh, one could make those connections, but I think that the the connections to the New World Order um, is difficult because I'm, I'm still not certain that anyone can define what that New World Order is. <laughs> All right, so how do we make the connection between the Knights Templar of way back when and the present-day events that are happening around the world? Well, what my book does, mm-hmm. the Dumian Covenant, makes the connection between the, the Knights Templar and that band of knights who were responsible for all of these events that occurred in the first century. That is, the destruction uh, of uh, Jerusalem and the looting of the temple. And my book actually Mm -hmm. began as an accident. I was 
doing research on a book that I'm writing on ancient Egypt, and I was reviewing my Josephus because Josephus is a person, a historian that is very well respected. is one of the few historians that is an eye, has eyewitness accounts written down about what went on during the first century. And so I was sort of reading my Josephus, and I came across this passage that said that the insurrection, the Jewish insurrection, was successful against Rome only because the insurrectionists, the, uh, the zealots, the Pharisees, uh, went and asked for the Edomians to come and support the insurrection. They, and they, they argued that if the Edomians didn't support this insurrection, then uh, Rome would be able to rule all over Israel. Well, this to me was just an amazing statement because the Edomians and the Judeans hated each other. Uh, as I said before, the Edomians were the descendants of Esau. The, the Judeans were the descendants of Jacob. Jacob's 12 sons were the founders of the 12 tribes of Israel. However, Esau and Jacob reversed their roles. It should not have been Jacob who was the patriarch of the chosen people of, the, uh, of, of, of all over Israel, but it should have been Esau. Esau's mother deceived uh, Esau's father into making it appear as though Jacob was the uh, firstborn as opposed to Esau. So obviously, uh, with Jacob being the head of the chosen people, the, there was this great uh, enmity between the Judeans and the Edomians. The Edomians li lived in the area where now is Jordan, and they were sort of farmers, and, mm -hmm. the, and the Judeans were these, you know, uh, shepherds, nomads. And, but over this period, a great period of time, there a lot of hate grew up between the Edomians and the Judeans. As a matter of fact, the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Ezekiel said that it was permissible for the Judeans to go into Edomia and steal from the Edomians, steal their crops, because, of course, uh, that's how they fed their herds, and that's how they fed themselves. Not only was it permissible for uh, the Judeans, according to the prophets, to steal from the Edomians, it was also permissible, according to Isaiah, for the Judeans to murder the Edomians in, if they were being uh, obstructed from stealing uh, their crops. When uh, Nebuchadnezzar invaded Israel and carted the Judeans off into what was called the Babylonian captivity, mm -hmm. it was the Edomians who were the uh, sided with the Persians. Dr. Stovall, please stand by, sir. You and I have to take our break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation, Dr. Eugene Stovall is our very special guest. We're talking about his new book called The Edomian Covenant. It's available at his website and also find bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and you know the routine. His website is www.eugenestovall.com. That's E-U-G-E-N-E-S-T-O-V-A-L-L.com. All right, I'm going to get... Uh, 500 Knights Templar out here. 
Yeah, you got them ready? Oh, okay, let's start singing that song about the knights having a thousand eyes. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. Don't go away. It isn't so. But if you put me down for another, I'll know, believe me, I'll know. Cause a knight has a thousand eyes. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying, Thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal. Single item at regular price. So, I went back to the doctors because when I needed a second opinion, and I went back and told him he was a good doctor, but he wasn't there. I got some woman in a white coat standing there. I said, excuse me, but who are you? She said, I'm a nurse practitioner. I said, you mean you're practicing being a nurse? She said, no, 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 not quite like that. No, I am a qualified nurse. I said, oh, then why do they call you a practitioner? Because you're practicing on me. I'm not sure I want that. She said, no, 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 no. Nurse practitioners allowed to give you prescriptions, help you with minor surgeries, and all that kind of thing. I, you know, and I take care of you when the doc's not around. She said, we're going to become really popular. I said, well, blimey, somebody like you is going to be really popular. Let me tell you. Oh, she said, she got offended with that. So I said, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. But now I know what a nurse practitioner is, don't I? Remember that, nurse practitioner, they're the future. Find a good one. For more information on Alfie and Jeff Knott, visit www.navigatingthehealthcaremaze.com. That's www.navigatingthehealthcaremaze.com. Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hey, hold there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the X-Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X-Zone radio show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon Radio Show on the Talk Star Radio Network on Star Cable and the Exxon Broadcast Network. Coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. 
on MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Dr. Eugene Stovall is my special guest. We're talking about his new book. It's entitled The Edomian uh, Covenants. And uh, what was the Edomian Coven- uh, Covenant, Doctor? Basically, I used the term the Edomian Covenant to signify the fact that no longer were God's people the Judeans, mm-hmm. but they were the Edomians, and that the temple that Herod built that was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D., was actually an Endumian temple. Herod and his descendants were all Edumians. And the fact that the Edumians were appointed by Rome to be kings over Israel changes the entire understanding of what actually occurred. So let me, ask the, you, let me ask you this, Doctor. How is this new revelation being... Um, what kind of reviews is it getting from the higher places within Catholicism, Christianity, Judaism? Oh, yeah. I, I, I have not received any reviews from them. Uh, most of my reviews have been on Amazon. There, there are... I've get, I'm getting five-star reviews and uh, on four-star reviews and three-star reviews. So there are people that are just beginning to, to get a feeling for what I am saying. The mo- I think the most important revelation is the fact that Josephus is not an accurate uh, person to trust on, on these matters, and then it is important to understand what it is that he is doing and why he's, why he's doing it, and then... From these uh, understandings, we get a connection between the Knights Templar that were established in the 10th century and the, the temple guards, the Templars who actually guarded the temple, Herod's temple, back in the 1st century. And it is my, I'm maintaining that these mm-hmm. two groups are the same. So tell me, so tell me, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Doctor. I apologize for that. Uh, this this revelation that 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 you that you've come out with, how is this going to change theology as we know it? Well, I try to stay away from theology, but it's part I, of it, isn't it? It there is there is a lot of historical fact that impinges upon theology. Mm-hmm. I try to stay away from theology because the reality is all religions are faith-based. You believe them or yeah. you don't. And it, it, it's useless to argue facts with people who are basically uh, have their opinions made up on the basis of faith. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to in any way uh, change anyone's faith. I'm not trying to, 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 to change the, the standards by which people believe that is the Bible. Well, you know I'm what? Merely I, I I appreciate yes, uh-huh. that and I respect that, sir. I, I sincerely mm-hmm. do. But isn't it isn't it important that all the all the religions and all the other philosophies are based on the truth? And yet, isn't this bringing the truth to light? This is bringing the truth to light. This is saying something specifically mm-hmm. about a specific period of time and trying to 
bring some historical perspective on what happened. Okay. Now, yes, you, you're absolutely right. It may, in fact, have something to do with the way in which we see Christianity, but the intent is not mm-hmm. to make any changes in Christianity. Oh, sir, I, change, I, that, it, that, it, it, that thought didn't even cross my mind. I, I was just, yeah. You see, I appreciate when people do exact work that you do. I, I love it when people actually dig, they find the facts, and they say, you know what? I don't mean to offend anyone, but this is what the truth is, as I have found it, and it is backed up by A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. So I respect that. That's all I was trying to get to. Well, that's great. I'm, I just don't want to, as you can imagine, have uh, be unprepared for uh, defending something that I'm not trying to do. Oh, just a second here. I've got a phone call I've got to take. Yes? Sure. Uh, it's the Vatican. Well, tell them I'll call them back later. I'm busy right now. Okay, let's get back on this. The whole the whole point here I think I'm trying to make mm-hmm. is that we need to if we're looking at the historical events surrounding the Knights Templar or um the legends of Arthur mm-hmm. and the Holy Grail and all of these kinds of things, what I'm trying to do is put some historical substance to it. Right. And I'm saying that if you look at the the Knights Templar and you look at the the uh what was called the uh, group that set up the Knights Templar, the the Priory of Zion. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you take the Priory of Zion, Priory is like an abbot's church or some kind of a temple, and Zion is another word for Jerusalem. So if you think about the Priory of Zion, which supposedly is the group that is responsible for running the Templars, you get, out of Priory of Zion, you get the Temple of Jerusalem. And when you look at the Temple of Jerusalem, the last Temple of Jerusalem that was destroyed in 70 AD, mm-hmm. you find that the Temple of Jerusalem was defended by the Temple Guard, or who they were called at the time, Templars. So this is a way of connecting that that period of time between the first century and the tenth century, and to to all of that is all of the uh, other revelations that's coming out with the Da Vinci Code or mm-hmm. Holy Blood or Holy Grail or these other that in fact what there has been over this whole period of time a bloodline, and this bloodline comes from uh, Jesus Christ Himself, and some may argue that. He was married, others will marry, argue that he wasn't married. But the whole idea is that there were a group of people at the time of the first century associated with uh, the historical person known as Jesus Christ, who was, had a family, brothers, sisters, a wife, children, had disciples, mm-hmm had friends, and they had relatives, and all of these people were being defended, according to what I put in my book, by this group known as the Templars. And their ability to escape from the destruction of of Jerusalem to Masada, and then from Masada down into Leontopolis, which is in Egypt, 
And then finally, the Romans chased them from Leontopolis over to Cyrene, across the uh, uh, Libya into Cyrene, at which point, interesting enough, Josephus is said to have provided these, uh, these followers and disciples and apostles and family of Christ, provi Josephus provided them with boats, and some of them were taken to Marseille, Others were taken up to Scotland, where uh, Joseph of Arimathea had had ten mines from the time of uh, Pontius Pilate. So now you have a connection with the Templars and those who are saying that there was a the, the Grail was actually the bloodline of Christ, and that all of these people were were defended and. Uh, made safe by this group known as the Knights Templar. I heard a theory once that uh, a researcher believed that the reason why the body of Christ had disappeared from the tomb was that it was actually taken by the Knights Templar. Mm. Well, you know, that's not so far-fetched. I mean, it, I, I, it's not something I've, I've heard before, mm -hmm. but it's not far-fetched when you consider the fact that one of the major uh, uh, persons in this entire scenario is Joseph of, Abba, of Abba, Ab Arimathea, he had, he was a powerful man back then. He was a, he was he sat in the Sanhedrin. Yep. He was a Sadducee. He was providing. Uh, he had ten mines, as I said, in mm -hmm. England and Scotland. So he was responsible for providing bronze which is nothing more than uh, uh, a smelting process that you, you need tin to, 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 to come up with the bronze. So he, and he had ships, and he was doing trading. So he was extremely powerful, extremely wealthy. And if you investigate some of the others, there were others who were very powerful and wealthy, too, who were involved with, with this new Christian sect. Uh, and so when you begin to look at the Christian sect itself, uh, you, many believe that these were just sort of itinerant um, nomads. But in reality, they were very, very powerful people. And there were powerful people behind them. Uh, when we think of uh, Jesus Christ's birth, mm -hmm. we talk about the Magi. Yes. Now, the Magi were very powerful uh, priests uh, and they belonged to the Samaritan group. They're, they uh, were seeking this uh, Savior or this Redeemer, and when they found him, they assigned the person to be his constant guardian from the time of his birth to the time of his death. And so it's not, uh, I'm not beyond imagination mm -hmm. that, in fact, the Templars, who were active at that time, were responsible for uh, guarding Christ's body. You know, it, also, it almost seems as if the Templars were the, the secret service of the day. Well, again, they were, as far as I'm, I, mm -hmm. I, I could tell, and my research indicates, they were the Temple Guards. Mm-hmm. Now, the head of the temple guards at the time of the insurrection, his name was Eleazar ben Simon. And Eleazar ben Simon 
was the son of Simon, who is variously known as Simon Peter, Simon Magus, Simon the Zealot. And so there was a connection between Simon, who was Christ's lifelong protector, and Simon's son, who was the captain of the temple guards, who later became, or we're calling the Templars. It's amazing to see the picture that emerges when you start drawing the line from dot to dot to dot to dot. Right. What, in your opinion, sir, is the Holy Grail? Well, I I have to uh, agree with those commentators who consider the Holy Grail uh, a bloodline, Mm -hmm. and that if one were to uh, specifically identify one person as the the Grail, one would have to consider Mary Magdalene as that person, Uh, accepting at that same time that she, in, in fact, was the wife of Jesus Christ. Dr. Stovall, please stand by, sir. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. ExoNation, our very special guest this hour, is Dr. Eugene Stovall. We're talking about his new book, The Edumian Covenant. It's available at his website, eugenestovall.com or amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and fine bookstores everywhere. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue talking about the, the Knights Templar. Don't go away. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Eugene Stovall is my special guest. His website is www.eugenestovall.com. Uh, Eugene, what about the, the Knights Templar in France? Uh, what happened there? 
Yeah, that's the real surprising twist that history gives to the Knights Templar. The tradition is that about 1309, some 300 years after the Knights Templar made their remarkable uh, appearance on the world scene, the French king, Philip IV, was mm -hmm. able to uh, get the Pope's permission to absolutely uh, destroy the Knights Templar. On, on one day, he sent out a, a bull that said that every Knights Templar should be arrested and imprisoned, and they uh, tortured them. They accused them of all types of um, religious uh, heresies, and... Uh, from then on, the Knights Templar had to go underground. One of the interesting uh, issues about this, however, is that very seldom do, do the historians remark that the King of France had kidnapped the Pope prior to his attack against the Knights Templar. In many of the descriptions, they talk about the Pope being in in collusion with the King of France against the Knights Templar. But in fact, the King of France, Philip IV, had actually kidnapped the Pope, taking him to what was called Avignon, and for the next uh, 50, 70 years or more, uh, seven popes were actually held in uh, prison at Avignon and were forced to serve the uh, French king's wishes. So that it's not always, you know, we, we hear about the Knights Templar being uh, uh, destroyed by the Pope, but the reality is that the Pope had little to do with uh, what the King of France did to the Knights Templar because the Pope himself was was a uh, uh, victim being incarcerated. So, so why did the King of France uh, kidnap the Pope? Well, it had to do, with, I think, with, with power of the uh, religion mm. over the masses. I mean, it was... Military power, and there are some today that don't understand, this military power has its limitations. In a, in a, in a real sense, the power of the word or the power of, of the, the people, gospel yeah. is much more uh, effective. And so I think Philip of France realized mm -hmm. that, and he wanted to rule over Europe, and he realized that getting the Pope to do to, in his, his, his hands and making the Pope uh, make pronouncements that benefited France was the best way to do it. Eugene, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Continued success, and I look thank forward so to much, the next Rob. time we join each other back here in the X Zone. Take care, my friend. You do the same. I will, Bye -bye. sir. Dr. Eugene Stovall has been our guest this hour. www.eugenestovall.com. He's the author of the Edumian Covenant. It's available online at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and fine bookstores everywhere. I'll be back after the news. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. 
Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.